0: Spirit Connection Podcast, Doug Addison here. You know, there's shaking happening all over the world right now, but don't worry, this is a time to pray like never before. This week, I want to give you some insider tips and revelation on how you can turn your prayer life around, even if you're not an intercessor, how you can shift the spiritual atmosphere over any of your problems, even... Over the weather, over your finances, over relationships, I'm telling you, I've got some good news for you. So Lord, we thank you that you're going to open the heavens right now, that by coming into agreement on earth as it is in heaven, we come into agreement right now and we pull down from heaven what we need, God, I pray, for the Revelation 4-1 door that John saw where the angel said, come up here, and I'm going to show you what is yet to come. And so, Lord, we ask for that anointing right now, that you show us insights, deep revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, the supernatural doesn't need to be mystical. It doesn't need to be fearful. God is developing people right now to be naturally supernatural, and the enemy is working over time. To bring fear and terror into the world, into your world. And he's doing this through things like mass shootings, through fear on the internet that you're going to get your bank account hacked and mall shootings and bombings and you you name it. There's just an attack of fear and terror. That's the root right there. But here's the good news. In the midst of all this, you can actually break the spirit of fear and terror. And this is what we need to do right now, because that's the plan of the enemy. The Lord is releasing a new revival, and God wants us to come into agreement, but we have to break through the counterattack to that of fear and terror. You know, prayer is not an option these days. The Lord has given me some strategies that work. And, you know, I even have to watch the news or uh, read the news on the Internet right after I pray, because I've seen stuff happen. I have to check every day. Patterns happening, you know, weather patterns changing, government issues re- resolved, school shootings stopped. Now, we're still seeing them. I'm very sad. It's tragic. But I want to say that God's releasing an anointing right now that's going to help overcome things. But we got to step up and step in. You know, I was praying on the morning of June 12th, 2016. Now, as I'm recording this, this is two years ago, and it was the day of the Pulse nightclub shootings in Florida. Now, that was tragic, first of all, folks. I mean, it was the most tragic shooting in Florida's history. Forty-nine people died. Uh, Man, I, I tell you, we grieve for any of the shootings, any loss of life like that. And that morning, The Lord took me into a time of prayer, and he revealed specific strategies, and he told me that I needed to begin to decree and declare mass shootings and strategies like that to to not manifest. Now, later that day, I had no idea that it had happened. In fact, when I was up at 4, I think it's 4 and 5 a.m., I get up, and I was praying, and I got this prophetic word. I didn't know about the shooting, even though it had already happened. But later that day, I found out about it, and I had already prayed over my town. The Lord says, I want you to take authority right now and pray. And he gave me some, some strategies on how to do that. Guess what? Later that day, on June 12, 2016, two miles, less than two miles from my house in Santa Monica, California, a man from Indiana was pulled over in his car by the police and he was on his way to a gay pride day festival to shoot as many people as he could, and he had a lot of guns i'm telling you, but the plan got stopped, and the Lord said to me, "I want you to teach my people to do what you just did, that we can stop these terrible outbursts of fear, terror, and the things that's happening all over the world well that's my testimony and it's been two years in the making now i've been uh you know, doing it myself and and watching things happen in the governmental level. And, you know, I've been a prayer all my life. I'm actually alive today because of the power of prayer. Back in the 1980s, I was a recovering drug addict. I had come out of the occult. I was living in San Francisco with a really bad 80s haircut, if you know what I'm saying. And I had known the power of darkness most of my life. I had gone through a rough time And in my late 20s, I needed the Spirit of the Lord like never before. I I had received Jesus. You know, I, I make a joke that I was born again again. But at this point, I was very hopeless in my life, and I had a radical encounter with Jesus in 1987, and the result is where I am today. And this is years later, folks, but I go back to this time. God's now allowing me to grow and mature in my faith, and I discovered early on the power A prayer to overcome darkness, because I was coming out of extreme darkness. I had gotten into the occult after I had gotten some church wounds and and pushed away. And by the way, if the enemy's working overtime on you right now, guess what? I say now, because looking back on all this and, and helping coach people over the years and pastoring, I've noticed that people have a high call of God. We all do. We have a high call of God. Why else? Would Satan try to work overtime on you unless you're a threat? That's why we need to get a breakthrough. And so I'm looking back on this now God's amazing love and power is for you right now. And like most people, you know, I knew that prayer was a good thing, but I never seemed to be able to find time to do it. I always felt guilty. You know, if I try to do anything on extended time, I ran into roadblocks, or I suddenly would get this sudden urge to, you know, clean the grout. Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? It was really hard. I wasn't designed for it. You know, I'm not necessarily designed like you would think of an intercessor, even though I, now I'm a prophetic intercessor, but I flow according to my gift and style. And that's what I, I want to talk to you a little bit about in this episode, is how to develop that. But you know what? I would get distracted, and then for some reason... I believe that you had to pray at a certain time or style. My mother was a very godly woman. I tell you, she was great. She taught me to pray every night before I went to bed. I got down on my knees, and she said, you should do this. And I prayed these prayers, you know, uh, the Lord's Prayer and different things like that. It was more formal. But every time I tried to do this, I get distracted. I find myself falling asleep, and I feel guilty. Then later on, once I came back to the Lord in the 1980s, I wanted to pray, and I thought I'd do the same thing, and that's when I got the major breakthrough that prayer does not have to be done in a certain way. It doesn't have to be formal. In fact, it's better if you can actually learn to have a conversation with God like a father to a son or a daughter. And more on that in just a few minutes. But let me just talk about the prayer, first of all, and what I went through. How to find your time or your style as well. Some Sometime in my 20s, I discovered... Actually, I'm I more of a morning person than a night person. But now, you know, I've been married to my wife for 22 years. That's not her. She's a night person. You know, in other words, we shift off. One of us has a night watch, or the other has a morning. That's me. I'm a morning person. And as I studied Jesus, actually, I found out that he was a morning person, too. And I discovered this in Mark chapter 1, 35 through 37, very early in the morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found them, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Wow, well, I don't believe that you actually have to do things in the morning or anything like that, but it is good to set some time aside for this very purpose that happened to Jesus. Everyone is looking for you, and that'll happen. You get busy, stuff happens, you know, um, our lifestyles, and especially if you have kids, you know, or you're going to school or you're working two jobs, you know, the Lord knows these things. And so I want to give you some tips on how to operate in the midst of all that. For some people, they think that they have to do something in a certain way. You know, some people actually have the gift of intercession. They're intercessors. They tend to pray more consistently Unfortunately, most of the material written to train us on how to pray are written by those people who have that gift I've noticed that, so it's kind of hard for people who don't have that gift because you can start to feel guilty you know, though I do pray intercession, and I train people on how to pray it's not my highest calling in life, even though it is an assignment from god so i'm I'm actually speaking from a standpoint of someone who does not spend hours a day praying. Now, I'm busted. You might think I do. I spend more hours journaling what I'm hearing the Lord than necessarily that I do praying. But I do pray every day, but I do it quick. I'm in and out pretty quick on the prayer part. That's just my personality style, who I am. But you know what? I heard this, that we need to develop the lifestyle of listening. The Lord is wants us to go beyond crying out a laundry list of requests to him. In fact, I remember one day I was crying out my list. I even kept a list with check marks. I wanted to be encouraged when I'd see my prayers answered and things like that. And I'd cry out to the Lord day after day, what day the Lord said to me, would you stop doing all the talking? You know, I'm trying to give you the answers and even some of the solutions if you'd slow down and listen. Wow, okay, why do you realize it? I So I started spending one prayer time per week. I didn't want to say one day a week because I don't want you to think I spent a day in prayer. That's not accurate. But one of my times each day in the week, I would spend listening only. And amazingly, the Lord was giving me answers to things. He was giving me strategies. So I call this developing a lifestyle of listening. Now, I believe we need to do this across the board. And that's what I teach in my schools and my Hearing the Voice of God 365 Online Activation School, I teach people how to learn to discern and how to come to a place where you're listening and you know the Word of God. You know how He sounds. You know how it comes to you. That takes practice and training. But here's where it all came from. When I got this a long time ago, it was in the area of prayer and not just the prophetic. But I believe that we need to find ways to get ourselves to be able to operate in our gifts, but we have to do it through our natural personality styles. In other words, when I teach people in the prophetic, I'm not just teaching prophets. There's people who might be a teacher. You might have the gift of administration. There's different gifts, and so therefore being able to hear the voice of God will come through the filter of your gift and your experience. So what's really important is to recognize your style, and your season. If I can help you right now, this is it. We can have a style, a certain style of hearing God, and it's important to understand what it is. Not only do we have styles of hearing God, and like I just said, it comes through a filter of our gifts. We also can be in a various season, and I named a few of them. There's natural seasons of change, you know, you have a baby, or you start to go to school. Just like in nature, There are changes of seasons, and sometimes the planets are closer to the sun than others, and that's the way it is with God, and we will go through this with our prayer times. And so some life seasons allow us to spend more, or actually sometimes force us to spend more time in prayer. Like if you're going through a loss or grieving, you know, when I lost my mom, boy, that put me in a place of prayer. Or if you go through a divorce, if you go through something, it brings you into that place of prayer. Then later on, you might not necessarily have that same drive, and that's okay, Just to understand that God works in times and seasons and style. So I spent three years starting a church in Los Angeles. I planted my church on Wednesday nights, and I was traveling on the weekends doing training conferences back in, uh, well, maybe 10 years ago or so. But in the midst of my busy lifestyle, in that stressful environment, I had a really good consistent prayer time because I found out how to do it. So I needed to exercise and God was getting on my case about exercising. So I would combine walking at the park or the mall, wherever it is, depending on the season and where you live, I would walk and pray. So that got me out, and I could knock two things off, check, check, exercise, and prayer. And it would cause me to do something like that. Now, if you have a dog, you can walk the dog and pray. And the fun part of it is that you can pick places to do this, too. And for me, I live in Los Angeles, so it's crazy here. I could actually pray in tongues out loud, and no one's going to even notice. Just kidding. Uh, Anyway, well, then all of a sudden, my season changed we moved from Los Angeles, California, living right outside Hollywood, to Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Now, this was a cabin in the mountains known for its rich spiritual heritage, and it's easy to pray in environments like that. And for me, however, I found it more difficult because I couldn't go out for a walk. Uh, You know, there was wild animals and stuff out there and we uh, was really tough, and it was hotter and, and, and bugs and we stuff that we weren't used to in L.A. It wasn't the same things. So I struggled with my prayer life, even though some people would be excited about being in a place like that. For the first year, I really had, had a hard time. Now, check this cabin out. The, the Lord opened a door for us that we were able to buy a prayer cabin in Moravian Falls. Now, this is where uh, Rick Joyner... Uh, Bobby Connor, Larry Randolph, Bob Jones, a lot of the prophetic people began back in the 90s in this place, in this land, in the middle, kind of in the off, tucked off away, away, about 90 miles northwest of Charlotte. And it was owned by Count von Zinzendorf. Now, he started the Moravian Missionary Movement. They prayed 24 hours a day that went on for over 100 years and it preceded and broke open the great awakening now count von zinzendorf he launched these missionary movements called the moravian movement all over the world and guess what moravian falls north carolina was one of their places so later on when they found out now this was back in the 1800s late 1800s that time they went uh Bobby Conner and Rick Joyner and some others, they researched and found that Count von Zinzendorf deeded the land of Moravian Falls to Jesus Christ. Now, that's powerful. And it was angelic encounters. And so we bought the very first prayer cabin that was built in that area. Now, there's houses there now and there's things going on. You know, it's it's changed but this was something that was really special. Now, some people would like really love it. We almost we were joking, saying we should have started like an intercession time chair. You know, let these intercessors come in and, and you know uh, and pray all night and and things like that. But you know what? I was a big city evangelist, still traveling, and it was good for me to come back home. In other words, I had to shift based on that. But I got a download into my spirit for the understanding prayer. And hearing God. And it was during that season of my life, as weird and and difficult as it was, it causes you to grow. Now, let's go way back. I have known a lot of Christians in my life, and one of them stands out as the real deal, someone that really impacted my life besides my mother. And it was someone who consistently demonstrated God's love, the character of Jesus Christ. She was an unknown woman who actually founded me in ministry and was the very first to recognize my calling as a young boy and prophesy over me. And her name was Mrs. Giddy, and she lived in Adrian, Michigan, where I was born. And in the early 1960s, when we were going through a difficult time, I tell you, I had lost my dad. and You know, my mom was trying to support the family of the four of us as a waitress. She had never worked. She'd never driven a car. And she was forced into this stuff. And uh, our refrigerator had just gotten repossessed. And uh, we had lost all our food. I mean, we were standing there. I remember this. My mom began to pray. She says, let's pray. And we held hands and prayed. And guess what? The doorbell rings and Mrs. Giddy has bags of food. Now, I'm telling you, that's going to impact a six-year-old like me. I was the youngest. But that impacted me. I'm like, wow, we prayed. And now I'm seeing the answer of prayer in this woman's hands. And she was a very simple woman from Alabama, and I had never met a Pentecostal before. And when she prayed over me, she suddenly grabbed my head, began to pray and prophesy. It was kind of scary, actually, for me as a six-year-old. And then later on, she prophesied over me and said, this boy is going to be a great preacher for God someday. She saw the gift over me. Now, I went through a rough time. I'm telling you, we moved seventeen times after that before I was even in fourth grade. You know, we went through a difficult time, and um, she kept calling back. You know, she stayed in touch with her family. We moved from from Michigan to California, and we moved around a lot back. We finally settled in Akron, Ohio, where I tell people I grew up. But guess what? Mrs. Giddy stayed in touch, and for years. She was my intercessor, and she was old back then, but I mean, it was years later that she would call my family and say, has he answered the call to preach yet? And I hadn't done it. You know, in fact, I had gotten on drugs, and, and I was in the occult like I just described, but guess what? It happened. Mrs. Giddy called in 1991. She asked, has Doug answered the call to preach yet? Wow. Twenty years later, I preached my first sermon in front of a small group of homeless people in a mission in San Francisco, and Mrs. Giddy was in her nineties, bedridden in a nursing home. She talked to my sister and got it confirmed, and she passed away a short time later. Now, listen here: sometimes we have a calling like a Mrs. Giddy. she is not known on earth, but she's known in heaven. She was known for the one who prophesied over me, called me into my calling, and prayed and believed, and in fact, encouraged my mother and my sister to back in the faith as well. And these are the ones, these are the hidden ones that no one knows about. Maybe you could be that. Maybe you're already that for someone. You don't have to, you could become a prayer warrior for a person, or maybe a child or someone in your own life. So I'm just saying God wants to use us, no matter what magnitude it might be. so I actually personally i don't think it matters to God how long you pray or what style you use. What matters is that we commune with him, and doing it on a regular basis will really help so find out what works for you, you know some people if it's in a dark room, not me uh some people you know it's in the shower and some people it's driving to work, maybe you 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 know put it on some worship music, something like that. In the 1980s, let's just talk about the prayer movement that happened over the last couple of decades. In the 1980s, Larry Lee introduced a prayer movement that changed intercession forever. He used the Lord's Prayer as a model to help train you to pray one hour, and God gave him this revelation you know, it was from the part of the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was asking his disciples, can you not even pray? Can you not tarry for one hour? Then the Lord gave Larry Lee this download that you can actually, like, like run on a track. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then you, you open with praise and worship. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You begin to pray in the will of God. So I learned this, actually, uh, when I came out of the occult and back when I was talking about you know, in the late 80s, I actually picked up and went to some Larry Lee conferences, and now I couldn't pray an hour. It was a stretch. I was grateful to pray it in 15 minutes, but it doesn't matter. You know, God's not legalistic. He doesn't grade you like this. He wants to just make sure that you're connecting with him, but it was a great impact all over the world. Then in the 1990s came intercession began to change. People like James Gall who I actually learned a lot back then. I got a hold of some Jim Gall tapes from Kansas City on the revelation of praying things through the Holy Spirit, and then God would speak again uh, for another prayer movement, the Houses of Prayer movement that emerged from Kansas City with Mike Pickle. It was called Harp and Bowl. It's from Revelation 5, 8, each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which were the prayers of God's people. So there's been these prayer movements, and and it doesn't matter if you use one of those styles or not. You know, some of them aren't even my style, you know. I don't gravitate to those, but that doesn't matter. Maybe someone else does, so don't judge what you don't understand. Intercession is changing once again, and and now— in the 21st century upon young people, we're seeing an amazing movement upon declaration prayer. Now it's not just with young people, but we're seeing this part where people are combining worship with prophetic Bible verses, decreeing who God is. And we're also seeing a movement like with Lou Engel in the call. And he is filling stadiums of people, young people coming to pray and fast And we are believing once again that this is a time that's going to proceed or open up the great revival that's coming, one of the greatest ones. And so over the years, I've been doing ministry now since uh, full-time pretty much since 2001. I left my computer networking job and sold my business, and we went out. We we had launched uh, churches actually previous to that in the 90s. We had done some church planting and things like that, but in 2001— we started in light connection that's the ministry i have right now 16 or so years ago and i began to go out and show people a new way to do outreach using the prophetic and dream interpretation and even tattoo interpretation i did outreach after outreach i trained teams everywhere and i learned something new when i go into a church people were stunned once they went to the mall with me to see it but to get people out they'd go you know what I feel like I'm an intercessor. Why not? I'm just going to stay here and, and hold the fort down. And I'm like, listen, the fort has been held down for a long time. Why don't you come out to the mall with us and be an outercessor? I used to joke, but you can pray. You can do what you do. You can do it out in public. So I train people how to pray on the fly, how to pray at Starbucks, how to do these different things. This, while we were doing outreaches and interpreting dreams, it was so much fun. So in the midst of this, I ended up having an affliction that hit me for five years. Now, I was in the midst of traveling 150 days a year for 10 years doing what I just described. Then I hit the wall about five years ago in 2013. And the I describe it as, as going under house arrest. That was the only thing I could say is because I was doing new things and I was doing prophetic outreach. That was new. People didn't know about it back then. They judged me. I had a difficult time. Then I began to go into this love-not-judge message and start to prepare people for the next move of God, and I started to prophesy over tattoos and things like that. I haven't changed my theology at all, but because of that, I had a lot of people praying against me. I had the occult praying against me. I had the church praying against me, and I ended up in a condition I call house arrest. In other words, I didn't do much traveling for five years. Now, I'm fully healed now. I'm still not traveling yet because I'm waiting on the Lord to open up this new strategy for me, but I cried out for healing so much. I had Lyme disease. I had multiple chemical sensitivity, and i had already been healed of Huntington's disease. When you get hit with a sickness, I'm telling you, it's a time to pray. And you'll need to get your strategy and here's where I figured this out it's called a prayer strategy, and I want to teach this. I teach it in some of my courses and and I want to talk about an online training that I have coming up that we're going to go into this because I don't have time right now but but it stems out of this part when I study the life and message of Jesus Christ, I notice that he really didn't pray the same way for someone twice. I mean one time he's laying on hands granted. He's pl- he's praying in the name of Jesus. He's, pray- he's laying on hands most of the time. Don't get me wrong. But notice, one time he's laying on hands, next time he's spitting on the ground, making bud. One time he's just saying the word and it will be done. Another time he says, no, this one needs prayer and fasting. Another time he says, no one's going to get healed here. There's too much unbelief. Now, we need to understand this, that there's a prayer strategy for your breakthrough. You need to contend. For your breakthrough. David inquired of the Lord, and he got his answer to get his breakthrough in 1 Samuel 30 verse 8. He went from running to ruling after that, and you need to get in there and fight for your breakthrough. God wants you to contend. I had to contend for my breakthrough, and I want to give you some strategies that'll help you, and now I just want you to know that I've been totally healed now, and I got healed to even to go into... What we're doing now with Inlight Connection, I was diagnosed with an incurable, absolutely fatal and terrible disease called Huntington's. It had killed my mom, my aunt, my two uncles, my first cousin, all in 1999. They all died. And since then, dozens. I mean, my family's been hit 100%. I was diagnosed with it. There's no remission. There's no drug for it. There's a few now, but back then, and I got healed back in 2001. That's why we started in Light Connection. In fact, to this day, I was 42 years old, I think, and now I'm 59. They're saying I am a miracle, and they've asked me to be part of a study with UCLA because they don't see people like me. Now, uh, that's weird for the, the medical world. It's difficult for them. They were having a hard time, but this came from a prayer strategy, and this came from also declaration prayers. I begin to declare. Job 22, 28 says, you will also decree a thing and it shall be established for you so that your light will shine. Now listen, the Bible is full of promises and things and you can decree things. Declaration prayers are very, very powerful. I decree and declare full healing over you right now and restoration of your energy and youthfulness, according to Psalm 103.3, who forgives your sins. This is the Lord. He forgives your sins. He heals all your diseases. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I decree and declare. That's what we can do. Boy, it's powerful. I got a whole list of these, but I just don't have time right now to go into them. So what I really want to encourage you on your takeaway from this, Learn to pray your style. What is it? Find the way you like to pray, the best time of day. Remember when I was starting my business back in the 90s, the Lord had called me. I knew that I had this call to ministry. I started preaching in the homeless mission, and I was working as a MIS manager in San Francisco. And the Lord had called me to start a business as a computer network engineer and save up for five years. And then he would launch me, and that's how we started Inlight Connection. And I want to say this, I was very busy because I was volunteering you know working at my church i wasn't a, wasn't the pastor or anything like this. I was doing ministry training as much as I could we didn't have uh what we have now we didn't have the internet training schools like we have now, so I was praying on the run, and I would pray each day i'd pray a few minutes on in san francisco i'd go up one o one to the the city. And I would stop and pull over, have my coffee and some toast and pray a few minutes each day. Then at lunch, I'd take a prayer walk. You can fit it in and you can get a prayer strategy. God wants to do this for you right now. I'm going to give you a prayer strategy that if you pray this, I'm not saying you pray this every day for 30 days and you're, but I'm just saying that, you know, it takes 21 days to get a habit, but I pray these things all the time. And maybe you've seen it around the Internet. This is one thing that I pray, and I'm going to give you a few of these. Here's one. You can pray this and see what God does. God, reveal what promises are for now and what are for later. Now, that's timing. God, show me what Satan does not want me to see. That's discernment. God, allow me to be seen as you see me and not as the enemy wants me to be seen, that's that twisting spirit, right? That's called favor. God, repay me and release what was stolen and what has been held back. That's called justice. God, show me how to practically respond to each thing each day. That's called wisdom. That's five basic ways that you can actually begin to develop a prayer strategy. You don't have to pray all those every day, but you can. Come up with something. You know, you can pick those things. I've got a lot of things that I do I have certain verses that I pray every day. I have some spirit of truth verses that I pray and take communion. And I want to tell you, uh, things get crystal clear after that. And so I want to help you, you know, to be able to grow further in this. I'm doing a special training. It's called Disarming Difficult Times, Passionate and Positive, Powerful Prayer. Listen, this is not like some intercession training. This is to learn a new cutting-edge strategy for prayer, and it's something that's a fresh download from heaven. This is the mandate the Lord gave me the morning of the Pulse nightclub shootings, and that I've now seen weather patterns change. I've seen things like, I got an assignment during that time, I got an assignment to pray for both Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, and look what just happened in the news. Uh, You know, uh, whether you agree with it or not, the Lord did something to cause this, these uh, uh, people to come together, these leaders to come together and to open up the heavens. I've been praying. I have, I've been given a strategy on how to pray over North Korea and other places, and it's now coming to pass. I want to help you with this. It's praying with power no matter how much time you have, deeper training and understanding how to pray in the courts of heaven. If you've heard my courts of heaven training, and we need these right now because this is a time where the enemy's working overtime praying for government leaders and world leaders. Also, how I got healed and how to get a targeted breakthrough prayer strategy, either for getting out of debt or getting healed. How to also use declaration prayers. And I want to give you my own personal prayer outline that I use. Yes, I, I write things down. I read some of my prayers. I, And some of them I don't, you know, I I let it flow. But also Bible verses that can really help you. Several brand new powerful activation exercises. This is going to be Saturday, June 23rd from 10 to noon Pacific time. Now you can sign up whether you can be there or not live. It doesn't matter because we'll send you the recording and also the notes to this. And you can keep that for as long as we have access to the website. So it's going to be a really powerful time. Just go to Dougadison.com. You'll see... The sign up for that. I really want to see you get a breakthrough in prayer. So let me activate this now. Lord, I thank you for each person listening. And like I was talking about being in a season or being in a certain style, we are all different, but we're one body. So Lord, I speak right now into each person. I speak into you right now. By the power and blood of Jesus Christ, I pray that the Spirit That raised Jesus from the dead would activate anything that's dead or anything that has kind of gone dormant in you in this area of prayer. I pray that you would push back powers of darkness, Lord, that you would uncover the hidden things that need to happen to develop the strategies that I'm talking about here. A strategy to change the spiritual atmosphere, a strategy to get out of debt, a strategy to find the mate that you need, a strategy from the Lord to connect with him in a deeper way. I ask now all these things so that we would know you better, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I hope you got something for this. Share this with a friend. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at dougaddison.com.